Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Yes, there is so much more in you and in you and in you and in you. There's a story there that's waiting to be told. Maybe all you need is the courage to tell it, to testify today, because we are talking about revival. And if you're just joining in this five-part mini-series, you're going to want to catch up because today we're just going to talk about how there is incredible courage and momentum in the testimony that we offer that stokes those flames of revival. And I'm excited for it. Jenny, are you excited? Because let me just, let me tell everybody. Let me get a picture. <laughs> no, don't. Yes, I'm just, yes, uh, yes, slowly yes. dying. Lord bless it. Jenny needs revival in her bones this morning, y'all. She's coming to <laughs> us. So if you hear a little rasp, that's not her channeling her inner Amy Grant sexy voice. That's her. <laughs> that's my, me falling apart. That, that she looks so so adorable for those of y'all that can't see her i'm going to describe she's got a cute blanket draped over <laughs> her she's got a cute cup of hot tea she is here she's showing up for got her my box testimony. of tissues and some sore throat you, lodgings and whatever you are ready. ready girl girl ready. says she said count me in there is nothing that can stop me nothing that can take away my joy we are here so Joining us today, Jenny Randall, your host, Candace Payne. We're going to testify. Jenny, tell me what you're you're thinking about today's episode in revival as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we we've yeah. So we're the fourth episode in this mini series. We've defined revival, which is making mm-hmm. something alive again, renewing. We've talked about reverence. We've now yes. we've talked about some really deep stuff, and yep. As we head into the last episode, we, we want to take this time to talk about the power of testimony. And like you said, it can sustain uh, revival. And before we do do that, I want to give you clearly, <laughs> before we do do, <laughs> I want to give, <laughs> I can't even, I want to give a definition of revival according to Google, which means it's a hundred percent accurate. So well, no testimony, absolutely. the, the definition of testimony, this is where my brain is going. So testimony yeah. Is a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. Okay. Okay. So sometimes people just use it exclusively like my testimony and they talk about how they got saved and what that was like or how they became a Christian. Mm. We're we're mm. using it in the more broader term today in our con in the context of what we're talking about, talking about our experience and what God is doing, has done, and will do. Okay. So hey, hey. I'm gonna hey, start hey. it off and ask Candace a loaded question. Candace. Ooh. Yes. In in your in your season. You're in right now. Oh let's just model this for the people. Can you testify? Can you give a testimony? What do you see the Lord doing in your life or the life of your people? So you said 
that it was a religious experience or an encounter. A public, a testimony is a public recounting of a religious conversion or mm. experience. Mm. Well, the most recent uh, would have to be a religious experience that I have with the Lord in worship on a a Wednesday night. Um, Oddly enough, we've been having what we call revival nights. (laughs) I mean, like talk about the synergy of this. We've been having revival nights. And um, what this means for us, we do it actually every uh, beginning of the year. We have about four or five different Wednesday night services where we invite guest speakers in. We really focus on prayer and seeking the Lord and vision for our church. So this is not like a, hey, we jumped on a big revival train that we're seeing going around the nation. We've we've had it on the calendar for revival nights. So for us, it doesn't honestly feel as like mm, special. I, I hate saying that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you don't expect a real revival at revival nights. I don't listen, Pastor. Don't call me. Don't she call said me. it. She said don't it. Call me. She but, said it. You know what I mean? It felt it felt like a good name. It felt like a good name, a good priority. Let's put it on the calendar. And really, what I'm discovering of revival is that you can't put it on the calendar. Like, yeah, my goodness, when God shows up and starts breathing life into something and and reviving something, it's it's absolutely beautiful, but it's also somewhat unpredictable. You know, you can't schedule that, that mess, Um, which is what I think we're seeing in this series as we're discussing it. But this is a revival night, nonetheless, at my local church. And um, many of you know, because I've shared so openly about my mother being in the last stages of Alzheimer's. And, you know, I've had a rough, a rough go of the past few months. Uh, She's had a couple of surgeries. She's fallen two different times, broken hips, both of them. She's in a walker. She's, you know, I mean, there's so many, so many things that happen behind the scenes when you're dealing with a loved one that is in declining health and it's terminal. But I was in a worship service at Revival Nights and I felt like the Lord just kind of put something inside of my mind, an idea, a thought during worship to worship for my mom. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so. She's lost a lot of her ability to really be in the presence with God and be in a worship service. She lives Mm -hmm. in a home now. She can't even get in a car to ride here if she wanted to. So I'm going to stand in proxy. I think that that's what God's asking me. Stand in her place and worship for my mom as though I get to bring an offering of praise for her. And so I thought, well, this is a special encounter. You know what I mean? Like I'm already getting Mm -hmm. kind of choked up and emotional and thinking, Thank you, God, for allowing me this thought to even kind of participate in this. This feels so much more alive than my worship has felt because, I, you know, it was it was reviving the way that I would praise. I mean, I was sitting there and I'm like, well, if I'm just singing it through my lens. Yeah. Gonna, you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, well, I know that lyric and it means this to me. But if I'm singing it through the eyes of what my mother's lived in her life and where she is right now in her illness. It changed my entire perspective. So I become this blubbering hot mess through four songs. And I mean, like there was no disguising it. I, You know when you can kind of cute cry for a little bit during worship? I've always envied the girls that are just like the cutest praise and worshipers. (laughs) It's 
they're they're what I would describe as when the scripture says, "Let your spirit be gentle." <laughs> <laughs> like they 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 have that little tear. Like they yeah. can still sing. Their voice doesn't crack, and they've just got this streaming. Oh, it's so pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those ever when I cry. Like I can't remember a time that I've been able to speak through a tear. Period. Like yeah. there's a whole lip quivering situation snot i mean things that are just unpleasant and so beautiful you're a beautiful it's so beautiful (laughs) so imagine me now on a wednesday night second row because i have adhd and can't sit any further back (laughs) that i'm just i i cannot contain contain the tears and i can't contain the emotion of this moment and the the feeling of this beautiful connection that's just standing in a gap, you know, and interceding yeah. for my mom. And uh, the worship ends. And I mean, it's to the point where everybody's like, thank you. You may have a seat. <laughs> and, and I'm like, <sighs> you know, like a heavy workout <laughs> breathe, you know, and I, I start sitting down and I'm just like, God, thank you for letting me have that moment. And then came the kicker. Uh, if I was going to testify anything, this is where it really hits. Then I felt like the Holy Spirit just just basically said to me, okay, now you did all of that effort to intercede for her as though she's not already worshiping me right now in the exact same manner. Like I am giving you a gift and letting you see that even though her mind is wasting away, that scripture that says our bodies are are wasting away, but yet, <laughs> yet, I mean, like we continue to worship on, we continue to have this presence with the Lord. I felt like he just revealed to me such a beautiful glimpse of I'm sustaining your mom. I'm taking care of her in ways you never can. Wow. I'm giving her my presence every single day of her life. Why do you think that that would have stopped the moment that she got sick? She's closer than she's ever been. And when she comes to see me, when her days are are over on this earth, I'm the first thing that she'll see fully restored with every single memory. And I'm the greatest thing that she could ever lay her eyes on when she wakes up from this illness. So if I wasn't already a mess, I mean, like I, I was, I was in pieces emotionally with not with like sadness of this disease sucks because it does but with an overwhelming reviving of my spirit to know that my god does not fail my mom my god does not fail my prayers my god does not fail my promises like i actually acquired a new level of trust i don't think i've ever had in my entire life with him mm. Yeah. And, and, and I really do mean that with every fiber in me, there are things that I look at now that I feel like I can identify the writing on the wall and just kind of see, well, this is, this is what happens when you follow the Lord after so many years, this is his character. This is who he is. But what he did was he actually revived my belief and knowing in him for his gentle care and concern for somebody that I pray for healing for every day to the point where he says, 
You think that I've not heard your prayer. You think that I'm not coming through. You think that I'm leaving her to die. You think there's abandonment, but I'm letting you know what I'm going to do is revive your trust in my promise and who I am. Because it doesn't matter what the body is doing. I'm telling you right now, your mama is worshiping me. She's in my presence. Hmm. Changed everything. It changed everything, Jenny. Um, and when I say that, I really do mean that. It has changed every single thing that I think about how God provides and cares for me. As a as a caregiver and somebody that's helping your mom receive the treatment she needs and things like that, I'm sure I'm sure we have a handful of listeners that can relate on that level where they're caring mm. for someone else. And mm. to hear you testify to the goodness of God in that he hears your prayers. He's with your mom. That's even greater. Like it's, it, um, it, I can only imagine the transformation that happened for you was almost like, okay, pressure's off Candace. Like I'm God, I, God am with her. Like (laughs) I'm do, I'm the one doing it. I'm the one like bringing healing in a way you don't understand. Cause we, Cause we always want the answers that we don't understand. Right. We can't, we <laughs> yep. can't see, we can't see always with supernatural eyes in the natural, but God is always orchestrating things beyond our belief and beyond what we can even imagine. And for that to settle in your soul and to feel that tangible presence mm. is amazing. You know, I will, I will say it the best way that I know how, because I, I honestly can't give much credence to what is happening other than it's unraveling a lot of my control. Yeah. You know, when I, when you hear God say, Hey, worship for your mom, it feels like a, a list has been expanded. Now I've got one more thing I've got to do for my mom that she can't do. And I get to partner in that and I get to care for her and I get to love her and, and okay, sure. I'll do this as well. But in that mindset, it leaves me in control of the outcome. And for the first time, I've seen that the Lord said, no, 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 no. Even in your greatest effort of caring for her and providing for her the best, the dignity that you can, the things that you're trying to do, don't forget for one second that she still has an intimate relationship with me that you don't know about, you don't control, you can't manipulate. You can't be a part of it. It's me and her. She's my daughter. She's my beloved. I'm hers. There are things that are out of your control. And you have to trust that I'm the one faithful here. I'm the one in control here. I'm the one that has all of the days that I have numbered a right for Barbara and Sharp. I've known her before you knew her. I knew her before she was in the mother's womb. Like there's so many things that you forget when you are caretaking for somebody because you feel the the weight of every decision you make for them depending on life or death. And it's so easy to to forget that God is the one that's in control of it all. All of I, it. it's thank you for sharing that first of all. And God is so God. I mean, only he would know to lead you to this place 
of worshipful desperation, right? Mm. Like that's, Mm. that's how you described your worship. Mm. And then for him to take it a step further and just strip that away from you and be like, I I got this baby girl. Like, obviously he didn't say those words, but like comforts found in me, not the things you can do or the things you can produce comforts found in me. And will you trust that? That alone is worthy to testify. And, Mm. and the beauty of sharing that Candace is that there's going to be other listeners who hear that experience, they're instantly going to connect with what you're going through, this stage mm. in life you're at, uh, the things your mom's going through. They might be caregivers themselves, and they're they're at their point of desperation, yet they haven't heard that comfort of God, right? And you're sitting here mm. speaking it out, saying God, God is bringing comfort. He's radically transformed everything. Because a lot of times revival isn't, it's, at the end of revival, it's not this, it's not always a physical transformation, right? Sometimes it's a spiritual mm. transformation or a, a shift in our mindset um, and or even this radical encounter with God that we can't even tangibly put into words because it's so powerful and like even so sacred that it's like, I'm just going to hold on to this and no one gets to know it except me and God. And in mm. these places, when we begin to share what God did, God gave you comfort, Candace. God gave you comfort. God gave you comfort for your mom. You know she's okay. That is going to create a ripple effect in the other people that need that too. And that's what revival is. It's awake and an awakening to the authority, the awe, the presence, the power, the goodness, the sovereignty of a God who is more than trustworthy. Right? You know what's what's even more remarkable that I don't think we're even scratching the surface of for the testimony aspect is we've defined revival as bringing back to life. Jenny, if there's one thing over the past two, three years that I've been walking through that could shut down and kill my ministry, kill my voice, kill my testimony, kill, I mean, like literally bring death to everything that I've wanted to do. And I've been on the dark road of asking the questions, do I quit? Do I stop? Do I believe what I say? I believe week in, week out. Mm -hmm. When you see that you're praying for healing for somebody and they're not being healed, things die in you. I'm I'm not even trying to sugarcoat this. I really, I really didn't think I would go this deep even, but there have been things that have, have suffered death in the season that I've been in. They have. Mm -hmm. And I, I do mean that they've died. And bits and pieces as well of my joy have died. My um, bits and pieces of my expectancy of God to move on my behalf or care for me have died. And um, bits of my trust that he's faithful to his word or that he cares for everybody has died and that was a moment of revival for all of those things that Mm -hmm. like and god didn't just stop there he doubled down on it we had a guest speaker that had given a wide prophetic word over the crowd you know he cast the net pretty wide he didn't point at me but i knew it was for me 
And he said, some of you tonight have received your laugh back. Mm. And, I knew that that word was for me because of what had happened in my worship and the things that God had brought back to life just minutes before. And so when you testify of something that's been brought back to life, you're reminded that it's living. You know, I often wonder about Lazarus, the days that we don't get to read in scripture. I wonder about his second death. How long did he have before that second death? And what kind of stories was he telling? <laughs> you know, I mean, if he'd walk mm-hmm. in a room and people would be like, you were the dead guy. <laughs> he was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. Let me tell you about it. I don't remember much other than I heard Lazarus come forth, you know. But I can tell you what I've done with my life since. And really, honestly, we don't get those testimonies from the other side of the grave. But I think it's so vital to give the testimony of what God is doing and what he brings back to life, because you're right. Um, I know people are listening right now that possibly feel as though parts of them and pieces of them have died that they thought never would, never would have been possible to put to death because in your younger days and in your former days and the moments when he first 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 met Jesus, you thought there's no way like, you know, the arrogance of Peter, there's no way I would deny you. There's no way that this would come against me. There's no way. And yet life has actually given you a different set of obstacles and circumstances. And you've seen more than you thought you were able to see that's brought heartache. And that caves you in in so many places and kills some things. And I really feel like there could be beyond anybody else or anything else that's important, somebody listening that needs to be brought to life again in their expectancy that God's going to move and God keeps his word and that God cares and God hears and God sees. Yeah. So. He finishes what he started. Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, On a practical level, you mentioned a lot of things I just want to reiterate to the listener. And we've touched on this in, in the other pieces of our revival stories. Revival starts with this desperation. It's a desperation. I have nothing, God. I have to see you move. There's nothing left for me to do. I cannot move without you. Like it's just this desperation and this this hunger that has to be met by nothing else but God. Yes. And when you described your worship, there was that desperation. So I so I want to be really dramatic to point this out. Revival, although it was revival nights, right? That worship could have happened in your home, right? Yeah. It, it could have happened Absolutely. in alone time. It could. You don't have to be in this perfect atmosphere that's like creating this moment for revival. It can happen anywhere, anytime, but it starts with this desperation. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece that you're modeling is slowing down 
in remembrance of what God was done. Right. So he brought, yeah. he brought thing, he brought something back to life. You acknowledge first that it was dead. Maybe you acknowledged after, or did you know going in that that was dead? Oh, I've known for a while. All right. So, no, you know, no, absolutely. you knew you came, you came with these dead things. You showed up in desperation. God bring, brings things back to life. And now for you to testify, what you're doing is you're slowing down. You're acknowledging because ha- the maturity of our lives and faith and just the seasons mm-hmm. we're in, we can easily steamroll right to the next thing, right? Or right, even right to the next encounter with God. But there are these moments that are so deeply significant that have to be told. Um, mm-hmm. So you slow down, you're acknowledging what he brought back to life and you're placing significance on what God has done. And this this is modeled over and over and over. This is literally how the early church began. And if you read through Acts, this is like the model of what the early church did. People would be healed. People would be set free physically, mentally. People were being delivered. They would testify to God. And then just by droves, people would show up in their desperation and say like, I want that. I want Mm -hmm. that. And as community formed around of those who followed Christ, they began to form the early church and support one another and right, be, be discipled and walk this thing out. And what you're modeling, Candace, for us is beautiful because I don't think this is a big, broad statement, but I don't think we slow down enough hmm. to acknowledge at, after salvation. I don't think we slow down enough to acknowledge the times God brings things back to life in our own lives. And those around us as well. Well, I think that we settle for this is going to die and then it's dead. Uh, Really what revival this whole series is, is we settle for so many dead things in our lives. Yeah. We feel like there's an expiration date and we're okay with it. Instead of why don't we view everything? Because I'm suffering. I'm called to suffer or whatever the case may be. Whatever it may be. I mean, think about our youth. And our age now begins to rob us of an experience that was in our youth because I am older and that that moment expired and I can't have new again. But it says he's making all things new. That newness does not stop. So why do we feel like there's expiration on our joy? There's expiration on our expectancy for him to move. There's expiration on all the promises that he's made to our, our lineage, like there are so many incorruptible seeds in mm. some of your families that are listening right now that he still is faithful to that seed, faithful to that promise that he's tending to it even in your doubt. Yeah, He's tending to it and growing it even in your resistance. Even where you've mm-hmm. said it's dead, I'm going to let it dry up. I've had so many black thumbs in my life every time I try to take care of anything green, right? Like I have a whole, I've tried succulents because they said you can't kill them. Newsflash. You can kill them. You can kill them. Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm right with you. I know. And, and you want to know the greatest way to kill something and is to, even though it may have life sustaining underneath the root, you don't see, if you don't tend to it, it will die. And this is yeah. where I feel like we have things slowly dying in the big C church, slowly wasting away in our bones. And, and so much so that we, we are completely abandoning the promises that God's given us. And he's saying, it's okay. I'm about to breathe life into that once again. Mm. 
And, and I just, if there's any encouragement from my testimony today, if I could be so blunt and be preachery for just a second, just be a pastor, is stop accepting the expiration dates from the enemy. Instead, expect the promise of the Lord to be faithful and true. Yeah. Like, get mm. your passion back. My goodness, yeah. if there's one thing that we all love about revival, it's the fact that we all get excited again. Feel again. Tell yourself, I'm okay feeling excited about the things of the Lord. And even though it may not turn out the way that I want it to, my promise is still peace. My promise is still hope. My promise is still gentleness because the spirit works that out in me. That's not me doing it. That's not my Mm -hmm. circumstances doing it. That's the Holy Spirit. And so I don't have to have an expiration on those things because I get older in my faith and because I've met disappointment and because I prayed prayers that didn't have an immediate yes. Oh my goodness, I'm preaching right now. But people, get your hopes freaking back in line with the goodness and faithfulness and the glory of God. Mm -hmm. He's not the one you got to think is failing you. It's the fact that you've abandoned the seed that's incorruptible by him. Join with him. Partner with him again. Get your bones excited about what he's doing. Tend to the promises. Stand in his faithfulness. My goodness, this world is waiting for it. I will. Yes. And amen. I like that your preacher pants are on. It's, it's riling up (laughs) something in me. I want to give our friends here a starting point. Okay. Because we're throwing a lot at them. Yeah. Where preacher pants, Candace gets a little excited. I'm just saying. And I, and we need it because we're, we need to be revived. Here's a starting point. Prayerfully it's I'm laughing because it's loaded. Prayerfully consider what is dead in my life? Mm-hmm. And then the Galatians mm-hmm. 5.22, here's what the Holy Spirit, if you are a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling within you. This is a guarantee of fruit that should be in our lives. Are you ready? Love, mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. peace, patience, patience. Can't even say it. Patience, because I have none. I'm just kidding. Patience. Because I want to get past that word. <laughs> Kindness. <laughs> Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and yeah. self-control. Yeah. Now, Lord, what needs to be what needs to be revived out of those godly character traits that you promise of us? What do we need to to desperately approach you? It might be a circumstance, but there's still mm-hmm. fruit that can be flowing within our lives. So, so I think that's a good starting point to prayerfully consider. That's and. Good. And God will show you, he'll give you discernment. You're lacking joy because of this circumstance. You're lacking patience because of this, right? And then you begin to go into this deep and this intimate place with God where he begins to reveal to you why you're lacking, why that Mm. thing's dead, why it Mm. needs revival and how he's going to do it by his power and his might. And then the greatness is you get to be on the other side, like Candace demonstrated, and you get to testify. I had no Mm. joy, but God brought it alive. I was very impatient, but God taught me patience. I was the meanest person in all the land. And I learned kindness because of, because of who God is. And I I believe that some are going to walk on the other side of this and, and be revived within that thing. And they're going to be able to give a testimony of the goodness of God, because you know what they, they, we have this desperation and we Mm. slowed down enough to acknowledge what God was inviting us into. 
It's so good. It's so good. And for those of you that are wondering, end of story, um, did I ever get my laugh back? Or are you watching to see if I get my laugh back? Are you counting the laugh tracks on this uh, episode? Let me just tell you, I left that Wednesday night service and I had a weekend getaway with my husband planned and on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And I have not laughed that hard in years. Oh, and I, I love the fact that it was with my husband. I love the fact that it was with my best friend. And it wasn't on a viral video for anybody else. It wasn't for for any kind of like stage performance and me standing up and preaching or we had a good old laugh. It was with the person that needed to hear that laugh the most with me. Yeah. My my goodness. God is so good, y'all. He's so good and faithful to his promises. Yeah. Can I can I pray over our listeners and you, Candace, and then you can close <sighs> us down? Yeah, um, shut it down. (laughs) Shut it down. (laughs) Revival. Let's do it. Uh, Lord, I just lift up everyone under the sound of my voice. and And I thank you for drawing us closer to you. I thank you for not only hearing our prayers, but answering them better than we can even imagine or understand. Lord, if we're in a place of desperation, I ask that you meet us there. Lord, in our place of desperation, will you teach us how to worship you? Will you teach us what it what it looks like to encounter your sacred presence, what it looks like to leave in awe and wonder of who you are, God? I pray for revival. I pray for an yeah. awakening over every listener under the sound of my voice that they leave uh, not dead from joy, not dead from unkindness, not dead from whatever fill in the blank, but Lord, that you revive through only you can do. You you might not change circumstance, God, but you supernaturally breathe something into every one of our listeners where they know you have touched something within them or around them and they have not they are not the same because of it. We might not yeah. even have words to explain it, God, but I know we trust you that you are the creator of all things. You are the sustainer, the comforter, the peace giver of all things. And we ask that you breathe fresh life into circumstances that feel dead, Mm. into bodies that feel weary, into minds that feel uncertain. Will you breathe fresh life into us, God? And will we be able to testify to your goodness on the other side? In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen. You betcha. For those of y'all that you're feeling like this episode really resounded something in you that you feel like you need to have a moment alone to be revived, we just encourage you. You don't have to go to revival nights like Jenny said. Just just spend some time with the Lord. Seek his face. And what I know of him is, is he is faithful to respond. He's faithful to respond. So as you spend the rest of your day and as you go, may you be blessed and, and find those shoulds that tell you that you are trapped in joy otherwise and kick him to the curb. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time. Thank you for doing that.